if you had to sum up all the responsibilities in the Old Testament of how people relate to other people, could you do it? Now remember, there are over 600 commands in the Old Testament, many of which deal with how uh, people relate to other people. So just think, if you had to summarize all the Old Testament, what it taught, how would you do it? Think you could get it in a page? Remember, there, there are a whole bunch of books in the Old Testament. Could you do it in half a page? Maybe could you do it in a paragraph? What about the teachings of Jesus? Could you summarize the ethics and morals that Jesus teaches his followers to do in the New Testament? No doubt if we were, if we were charged with doing that, it would be a daunting task to try on our own. But thankfully, uh, we don't have to do that because Jesus has done that in our text today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7 again. We're going to pick up in verse 12. We're only going to read one verse. It's the golden rule, uh, Matthew chapter 7 and verse 12. And as we read it, you'll no doubt recognize it. Uh, if you, whether you've grown up in church or not, uh, you, you've heard the golden rule, you're familiar with it, but don't let your familiarity with it fool you. This one sentence that Jesus gives is incredibly powerful. And, and I've been in church all my life. I've heard the golden rule all my life. I honestly don't know I've ever heard a sermon on it in all my life. Maybe I have. Uh, sometimes I say things like that, and I think, you know, there are an awful lot of sermons I don't remember. I maybe maybe have heard it, but I don't remember it if I did. And I'm convinced, though, if we will strive to live out the golden rule in our lives, it's going gonna, it's gonna to revolutionize every relationship that we have. It'll change things in our family, with our friends, at work, at church. The world as a whole is going to be different if every Christian lived out the golden rule. It makes us a good witness to the unbelieving world. It brings peace and harmony to our marriages, to our families. Uh, it, in short, it's going to make a big difference if we'll just put it into practice. So if you found Matthew chapter 7, uh, please stand with me as we read verse 12. And as we read, I want you to look at it with fresh eyes and try and see if we can learn something from the golden rule. Jesus says, In everything, therefore, treat people the same way you want them to treat you. For this is the law and the prophets. Thank you. you. May be seated. Now, when you have a text in the Bible that's, that's pregnant with meaning, it's hard to know exactly how to structure a sermon, and that's especially true when the text is really short. In this case, just one verse. But I think I want, you, I want to start by helping you realize that this is a conclusion. You'll notice right at the beginning of verse 12, Jesus uses the word, Therefore, and remember when you read the Bible, if you see the word therefore, you should ask yourself, what is it, what? Therefore. Why is the word therefore there? And we know that therefore is not an introductory word. Therefore is not introducing a new idea. It is a conclusion word. It is basing this conclusion or this action on what's just been said. And so what Jesus is doing here is he is summarizing what he's been teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Now you think, well, I, I don't really know. I, I just don't see that. Well, just think back through what we've uh, looked at the last several weeks. It starts out with the Beatitudes. What does he say? Be, things like be gentle, be merciful, be peacemakers. He tells us to be salt and light. We should draw people to Christ in, in our, with our witness. Don't commit murder, adultery, or get divorced. Love your neighbor. Pray for him. Give to the poor. Pray for others. Forgive others. Don't be judgmental. Don't look for the faults in someone else. Realize you have problems of your own. All that can be summed up in one sentence. What is it? Treat other people the way you want them to treat you. In fact, Jesus goes so far at the end of verse 12, 
He goes so far as to say that this is the summation. On this hangs the whole law and prophets. That's, that's kind of a, a Jewish way of talking about the Old Testament. And so when, whenever you see that phrase, the law and the prophets, it's speaking of the Old Testament. Now, if you're familiar with the New Testament, you know this is not the only place this is found. You remember later on in Matthew's Gospel, somebody comes to Jesus and, and they say, uh, what is the greatest commandment? What does Jesus say? Love Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what, what else does he finish up with? And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor and yourself and treat others the way you want to be treated. That's, that, that's two ways of saying the same thing. Jesus says that the greatest commandment is to love God with, with our whole being. And the second greatest commandment in, in all of the scripture is to love our neighbors ourselves. On this, Jesus says, hang the law and the prophets. Now, it's incredible to me that all these 600 plus commands, all these ways we should relate to God, all these ways we should relate to people can be summed up in two sentences. But this is not the only place that this idea is found. For instance, if, and if you're writing your Bible, you might write a note of this. Romans 13, verses 8 to 10. Paul says, Owe nothing to anyone except to love one another. For he who loves his neighbor has fulfilled the law. For this, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment, it is summed up in this saying, You shall love your neighbors yourself. Love does no wrong to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. James 2.8 says, If, however, you are fulfilling the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbors yourself, you're doing well. Now, I could go on and on and on about and cite verses about how Christians are to love people, how we're to love one another, but I think that we all, uh, we all get the point. We all know that we should love people. So this statement here in verse 12 is a summation or conclusion of all the ethical teachings of Jesus. So what's the application? Well, I think the application is this. When you're presented with a situation and you think to yourself, what would Jesus do? Now, I know that was a big thing. Everybody had the WWJD bracelet several years ago. You know, there's, uh, I think Sheldon uh, wrote the book. I think that's who it was. In His Steps, you know, and, and Peter says that Jesus has left an example to follow. We should ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? And if we ask ourselves, what would Jesus do, and we come up with an answer or a conclusion that does not align with the golden rule, We've gotten it wrong. There's your application. You say, well, I, I, I'm in this situation with this person. How should I treat him? Well, let's see. What would Jesus do here? Okay, well, I really want to punch him in the nose. Okay, well, now you may really want to punch him in the nose, but I don't see Jesus doing that. And if your conclusion is different from what Jesus would do, from what you know in Scripture about what Jesus would do, then you've gotten it wrong. Said another way, if if you want to take a course of action contrary to the golden rule, you're wrong. Why? Because Jesus is God incarnate. The Bible says God is love. Therefore, everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus would have us do is guided by love. And so everything that we do must fall in accordance with love. Well, now I've covered the word therefore. Let's move on to something else in this verse. Now, the second thing I see out of this is that we need to take the initiative to actively do good to others. Take the initiative to actively do good to others. Now Jesus gives us a brand new teaching here. Never been heard on earth before this. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Now there are some people who say, you know what? 
this is not a new teaching because there are other cultures that had moralists or ethicists that would say similar things, and some of those even predate the time of Christ. For instance, Confucius. You remember back in the 90s, Confucius say, you know, on some corny thing, well, Confucius was a real guy, and he said, do not unto others that which you would not they should do unto you. In other words, if you don't want somebody to do it to you, don't do it to them. There's a Greek writer that said, what you are angry at when inflicted on by others, this do not do to others. The apocryphal book Tobit says, what thou hatest do to no one. There's a story of a, of a certain Gentile. Now, back just a little bit before the time of Christ, there were two very famous rabbis. Uh, there was Hillel and Shammai. Shammai was more of the hardcore. I mean, he was, he was always getting after people. Hillel was more of the gracious one. So there was a, there's a story in the Talmud, which was a Jewish writing, of a Gentile who came up to Shammai and said, I will become a proselyte. In other words, I will convert to Judaism. If you can tell me if you can explain the whole law to me while I stand on one foot. Now, Shammai ran him off. So the same Gentile went to Hillel, and he told him the same thing. I will convert to Judaism if you can explain the whole law to me while I stand on one foot. Now, for some of us, that wouldn't be very long, would it? And so Hillel, what he said was this. What is hateful to thee, do not do to another. This is the whole law the rest is explanation of it. Now he's getting he's getting pretty close. Philo, he said, one must not himself do what he hates to have done to him. Now you may notice those things sound really similar to what Jesus said, right? But you may also notice a little uh, a little twist in there. They're all in the negative. Do you notice that? It's always don't do this if you don't want people to do it to you. That seems like a small thing, but really it's pretty huge. As one commentator put it, it's one thing to not break traffic laws. But it's something totally different to help out a stranded motorist. See, one is a negative, one is a positive. It's one thing to not harm somebody. It's something totally different to do good to them. If you follow Confucius or some of these other guys, you would not hate somebody. But if you follow Jesus, you're going to love them. Two very different things. Now, a person can fulfill the negative command to not harm others by not doing anything at all to them. But that doesn't, that's not motivated by the love of Christ. Jesus calls us to something higher than that. He says, don't, it's not enough to not do harm, but you need to actively do good to people. Treat them the way you want them to treat you. And, and that's why I, I think the great commandment to love God supremely and the second one, to love our neighbors as ourselves, that's why I think these two things are so closely related because, one, you can't love God if you don't love people. And, two, you can't love people if the love of God is not in your heart. Let, let me say it another way, and this would probably ruffle some feathers, especially in certain contexts, if, if, if you were to say this out in public if I were to. I'll be so bold to say it this way. Christians are the only ones who can actually fulfill the great... Uh, the golden rule. Christians are the only people who can fulfill the golden rule, and then it's only by the help and enabling of the Holy Spirit. Now, there are people who would object to that. They would say, now, Pastor, let me tell you, I know some Christians that are not nice. Guess what? I know some, too, 
Sometimes I am one. But they would say, I know some Christians who are mean as a junkyard dog, and I know some atheists who are kind and benevolent and generous. That does not invalidate my claim, because just as I can say, well, yeah, there are Christians who are not nice and atheists who are, I can turn that on its head and say, there are a lot of Christians who are nice and a lot of atheists who are not. In fact, even as Christians, isn't it easy to overlook the kindness of Christians? Because it's easy for me to say, well, I remember this one time when so-and-so did this, and then so-and-so said that, and I can focus on the few that fail. And it's so easy to overlook all these kindnesses of the followers of Christ. On top of that, listen, an unkind Christian is unkind in spite of being a Christian, not because of it. Let me say that again. An unkind Christian is unkind in spite of being a Christian, not because of it. See, it's easy, and we all fall into this, it's easy to do unto others as they have done unto us. Isn't that easy? Or preemptive strike, do unto others before they do unto us. Or don't do anything to anybody, just leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. But Jesus says, no to all that. He says, take the initiative. You do what's right regardless of what they do. You be active in doing good. Don't be passive. Be active. Now, I want to end with a phrase that's right at the beginning of verse 12. Look at what he says right at the very beginning. Two words. When are we supposed to do the golden rule? In what? Everything. Everybody say everything. Everything. Now, it's, it's funny. In the Greek, you know what that means? Everything. It means the same thing as in English. It means everything. That means at home, do the golden rule. When you're at work, do the golden rule. When you're at church, do the golden rule. When you're at your friend's house, do the golden rule. It means, listen, it even means we should be that way with our enemies. Ooh, that's uncomfortable, isn't it? In fact, Luke chapter 6 records this same teaching, much of the same stuff that we have in the Sermon on the Mount. And... The context of Luke 6, where you find this verse, is actually in the way we treat our enemies. Listen to what he says. Treat others the same way you want them to treat you. Same thing. But listen. If you love those who love you, that's easy, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you'll be sons of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Can you get any plainer than that? Jesus says, do good even to your enemies. Think of somebody that doesn't like you. Everybody likes you, I know. Think the person is probably closest to disliking you. Now, Jesus says, even to that person, you should do the golden rule. Think of the person that you dislike the most. Jesus says, golden rule applies to them too. 
Even those people that we don't like and, and they don't like us, Jesus says, treat them the way you want to be treated if the shoe's on the other foot because guess what? One day, it might be. It might be. Now, this is going to look different in, in whatever scenarios or context we, we find ourselves in. But a few things have popped into my mind. How's this going to look? Forgiveness, that's one thing. Think about in your... Uh, maybe you got a friend and maybe they weren't there for you when you need them to be. They put their foot in their mouth. Forgive them. What about your family? You know, uh, around this time of, of the year we have all the holidays, people get together. It's kind of like mixing all these different chemicals that, you know, family's great, but man, sometimes it's It's explosive. You know, it's like you have all the ingredients of gunpowder. You keep them all separate, it's fine, but you put them all together and you have an explosion. There may be some treat others the way you need to be treated or want to be treated in, in the family at, at the holidays. Maybe you need to forgive a family member. Maybe there's somebody in church. Maybe it's me. Maybe, I, you know what? I say a lot of stupid stuff. And I might have said something stupid to you and I didn't even realize it. Ignorance is bliss. So a lot of times I think I make people mad and don't even know it. Maybe you need to forgive me. Maybe you need to forgive somebody else in the church. Maybe if, you, if you're in the job force and you're in some sort of a management or supervisor supervisory position, be fair and reasonable. If you're an employee, do good, honest work. As a child, yeah, I've got you kids in mind. As a kid, guess what it means? Be obedient to your parents. Love them. Treat them with respect. Sure. <laughs> but as a parent, we're not immune either. Because the Bible tells us that we need to not exasperate our children, be kind to them, be harsh. Now, as you heard an amen from my wife. I, I exasperate Jesse all the time. She exasperates me and I return the favor. And it's just a, it's just a terrible cycle. It happens. I, I've, I've been trying to do better, but you know what? Sometimes I'm bad at it. Sometimes, maybe it's a sick person. Think, if you're sick, how do you want to be treated? Compassion, maybe visit them, get in a call. Towards the less fortunate, help them out. You say, but pastor, I don't know what to do. Here's a real simple thing. Say, if I were in that situation, what would I want somebody to do to me? And then do that. Now, people always talk about, I wish I knew what the will of God was. Well, this is it. Say, well, that's not too mystical. That's not, ooh, I'm going to Africa as a missionary. No. Now, is this the whole will of God? No. But it's the will of God. How do I know? Because Jesus said to do it. And if He says to do it, that must mean He wants it done. And He's telling people today, just as He told them back then, treat other people the way you want them to treat you. And if we'll do that, will be pleasing to, to the Lord. Now this verse has, has really gotten on me this week because sometimes, a lot of times, I'm, I'm not nearly as kind and generous and, and all those things as I should be. I know it's hard to believe, but I'm not. And I've been making a conscious effort this week to do better, to bite my tongue. And I've still failed many times. But I, sometimes I've just had to be like, mm, mm. okay, you know. 
And I challenge you to do the same. Hopefully you do better than I've done. But I, I, I challenge you to, to put this into practice. Be kind to one another. Treat them the way you want them to treat you. You know, the, the Bible says that beyond just treating people the way we want them to treat us, that God goes beyond that. He treats us the way, well, he, He's just good to us. And the Bible goes so far as to say that, that uh, for a righteous man, we, nobody would choose to die for somebody else, but, but God loved us so much that, that Jesus died for us. And we're far from a righteous person. And the Bible says that, uh, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And there may be somebody here who's never taken advantage of that. They've never uh, repented of their sin. Uh, I'd encourage you to do that today. But for those of us who are Christians, we say, man, the golden rule, that is simple. I have that as, as my last rule in computer lab. I say, I, I say, pay attention. This is the most important rule of all. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. And kids inevitably say, that's the golden rule. But you know, that's, it's so simple. We learn it as kids. But it's so hard we can't do this. We, we struggle with doing it as an adult. So maybe, maybe this week you need to uh, make a concerted effort. Maybe you need to write it down on a piece of paper, on a card, note card, stick it on your desk at work, hang it up on your refrigerator at home. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. If we do it, it's going to change things.